Welcome back to a fantastic episode we've got for you today with Sonar. I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Taylor. And Kyle, we are here. We are live at the 3PL Summit. This is exciting. Yeah, don't freak out. Different background. Different background. Different, different background. time. Yeah, different collaboration. No, I'm, I'm excited. Same day. Yeah, same day. <laughs> Still Wednesdays. Still Wednesdays. No, it's it's phenomenal to be back. I'm glad we're yep. back in the, the office and we're out of the... <laughs> work from home, little errors that we may have had last That's week, right. <laughs> but we're figuring it out. No, I'm glad to be back. A lot of, a lot of things have changed in a one week time span. Yeah. Uh, a lot of volatility still happening. A lot of, volatility. Uh, a lot of uh, changes occurring just from market to market and from, you know, different trailer types. I mean, right. so we're going to really dive into a lot of different areas that are, that are happening. But before we get into that, how's your, how's your bracket doing? Not much of a basketball guy, right? Yeah, you know, not much of a basketball guy. Um, I can appreciate the game, of course. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I just did all computer simulated picks, if I'm being completely candid. And, and random pick. It didn't do any better or any worse than anybody else's. It's still pretty terrible. But, you know, that's okay. Uh, we don't we don't need to we don't need to guess on the the very high number of possibilities that could work out. We're here to talk about freight, and we're going to get right into it. So today it's the it's the three PL summit, and I feel like brokers, as a general rule, tend to really benefit from volatility. Yeah. They're, they're, excuse me. They have the ability to benefit from volatility in a lot of ways. Um, you're, you're the middleman. You're exactly. the buyer. You're the seller. So you can be the shipper. You negotiate as a carrier. You yep. you get to do a lot of different things, and that's yeah. why you know. One of our largest customer bases and verticals are coming from the 3PL base for, right. for Sonar. Yeah. So it only makes sense that, uh, you know, 3PL Summit, that we get to talk a little bit about Sonar. That's right. And and, it, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, when we're, when we're looking at the volatility of the market right now, right, rates are rates are up, rates are down. Volume is is still very elevated, right? Rates are going to do what rates are going to do. They're always going to bounce all over the place. You, your, your buy rates are always going to change, no yep. doubt about it, especially in this time. I think we, we've really moved away from historical levels here in a lot of ways, and, and that's to be expected. So it's, it's difficult to look at historical levels. Something that we're going to look at here in just a minute is, um, and, and I think this is really what's driving a lot of this is the tender volume, the volume that shippers, those, those requests that they're making on a daily basis is still so elevated. Yes. It's still so elevated. They're, they are requiring so much capacity right now to keep yes. their freight moving. No, exactly. And even on a day over day change, yeah. we saw a little bit of a lull, lull. It went down to like 15, 250. So yep. still, still above 15,000, which is insane. Yeah compared to historical averages, but it's- well, Let's it, go ahead and throw it up on the screen here for our viewers, just so they can see what Kyle's talking about. Yeah, so what we're gonna look at is our our historical view at tender volume on a national average. So right. looking national at levels. all the volumes that we have uh, moving across the United States, um, which are looking at actual transactions that are being tenders from, tendered from shippers to carriers and brokers. Yep. So we're actually getting an active in the moment view of what's actually moving across the, the United States right now. And so um, what we're looking at here on the numbers, so for those who may be new to Sonar, this is an index value. Right. And so what an index value really means is that back in 2018, we set an, a norm at 10,000 and we're just looking at how, how things have changed and moved um, since then. And as we can see, it's 5,000 points above where it was. And looking right. at the historical trends, I mean, not even close. Not even close. And, and just to, to, to oversimplify it even further, all you really need to know is the blue line that you see there, that is year-to-date truckload volume level in the United States. That green line that you see there, that is the 2020 volume level. <clears throat> and the orange line is 2019. So 2019, you can see that. That's probably more of a normal seasonal level, a lot less volatility. The green line there, you can see that spike and dip there right when COVID hit there in, in March, April, May. 
And then we started taking off as more money got pumped in the economy, everybody's buying stuff. And then we that blue line there, it's really maintained those levels. In fact, we saw them starting to come down there in January and February, right down here, they, they started to come down and then they shot up again. And that was, that was a little bit surprising to me. I didn't think they were gonna shoot that high again. I thought they were gonna be a little bit elevated from traditional seasonal levels that we saw there with that orange and green line, but you know, not, not that high. And that's, that's having a big impact. Yeah, on, I mean, this on, is just looking, trade. we're looking at the demand side. This is the demand side. So d right? the demand mm -hmm. side of the equation has continued to, to be elevated. And now we're starting to get into some of the most volatile times of the year because yeah. now we're adding in reefer. Right. So, so reefer trailers um, are in high demand right now. I, I mean, I believe the average is, is, is somewhere in the 40s right now. And I can actually, let me, let yeah. me get I, the... It was a couple of days ago, it was about 48% of all reefer loads were being rejected or declined at the contracted rate, which yes. is really pushing a lot of freight over to the spot market on the reefer side. And actually, before we keep going on this, we actually have a special guest that's going to be coming up here in just a minute. Kyle Littner, the managing director of K-Ratio, is going to join Kyle and I. So I'm going to be outnumbered by the Kyles here in just a Once second. Once again. Once again. <laughs> Kyle Littner, can you hear us? Are you able to jump on and give us some of your knowledge and expertise here? I got you loud and clear, Luke. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Kyle, good to have you. Um, I'm, I, need, I still need to... to you know, to, to name you two, you know, maybe we can call you the, yeah. the, the sophisticated Kyle. And then there's, 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 there's just, this Kyle yeah. over here. We'll, Appreciate uh, that. <laughs> uh, you Sorry, know. I apologize. No, but uh, Kyle, you were, you, you just saw what we were looking at. What are your thoughts? That, that elevated volume that we've seen just at, at a market at a whole from, from a broker's perspective, what does, does that, you know, is that something that, that they should be worried about? Will this change? Obviously we, we can't tell the future. We can, we can guess on it, but, how how can brokers benefit from 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 having such an elevated demand side right now? Sure. Uh, well, first, it's kind of a double-edged sword, and all I mean by that is the volume is very very high, and that just depends on what the category, the type of freight is for you as a broker. So, if we talk about contractual freight, that might not necessarily be a great thing right now, considering where spot rates are. Uh, you might have very low margins, you might have negative margins on that, but what you want to do is focus on the abundance of spot market activity to offset any of these losses you're seeing, these very tight margins on your contractual business. So when you guys talk about this and you were doing it earlier with buy rates and sell rates, you know, the buy rates for what you're paying to the capacity is what you cannot control, and that's what we're seeing fluctuate violently and with a lot of upside pressure. But the sell side of it, what you're charging the customers, that is free floating on the spot business, but because it's fixed on your contract stuff, you, know, you are at risk from taking some of these losses when we get into these situations of elevated rates. But what you need to do is focus all of your time and attention to find an increase in spot business to offset that risk. And there's plenty spot business going on right now, like you guys were just talking, between tender rejections and the tender volumes. There is an abundance of freight that's moving out there directly onto the spot market. You just need to make sure that you're paying attention to it while not ignoring your contractual obligations. No, it's it's really tough right now because to your point, you're the buyer and the seller. So there's a lot of opportunity for you to make mistake if you're mistakes if you're not informed appropriately, or you just think right. that the market is going to do X. Like me thinking that Florida was going to make it to the Final Four. Clearly, if you're not recognizing or reading the what's going on in, in the market, you you may make decisions that could come back and hurt you because in the spot market, things can change quite drastically overnight. Right. And as much as we want to say we're getting smarter and we're getting better, and which we are, 
we're never going to be able to predict accurately what the future is. So we don't know what those spot rates or the buy rates are going to be on anything. The best you can do is prepare yourself so that you can act appropriately when those rates either move higher or lower. And without something like the guy, the, the tools and the data that you're pulling up right there in Sonar, we can't even begin to have that conversation. So the first step is just having the data to begin to understand. Then we have the conversation and we begin to figure out what's the plan of attack here when rates go to X or when rates go to Y. And how am I going to interact with that based off my contractual business? And how am I going to go out and acquire a new spot business? That's a that's a really, really good point, Kyle. And and something that's interesting, and we'll throw this chart up here in just a second for, for folks to see, but you know, we can we can see ultimately how I guess that capacity is is interacting with that demand and, and see what it's done to done to rates over, over time. And you're absolutely right, you know. You know, as more and more of that business goes to the spot market right now for for searching for capacity, that, that's really driving up rates. Something here I want to point up. Let's go ahead and throw this chart up real quick, just for our viewers. Um, this is the national drive-in uh, spot rate uh, chart. So the blue line that you see there, that's the historical. That's the last six months historical rate per mile daily. That's an updated change. So that's that's every day that comes in. Same thing with that tender freight. Right, that, that's really how capacity is being interacted, or I, I should say the result of that, that interaction between the, the demand and the supply side. Um, the white line that we see there, that's the forecast. And to your point, Kyle, you're absolutely correct, right? This, this is exactly what it is. It's a forecast, it's a guess, it's a trend. It may change a little bit, but at least we have an idea on what's happening right now. So hopefully it'll give us a good trend. And for those, for those watching, this is, uh, this is drive-in spot rate per mile. This is line haul only. No fuel surcharges included in these rates currently. So if they seem a little low, that's why you're just looking at the line haul. Um, but it, it, it is interesting how we did come rates did come down a little bit at the start of 2021. That, that's pretty historical. And then it looks like we're forecasting them to really, really jump up by quite a bit here in April, May, and June. Um, I guess that'll that'll really be dependent on if that if that volume does does hold to those levels and we continue to see high rejections and, and a lot of that freight continues to go to the spot market. If this does hold true, if this forecast yeah. does prove to be accurate, Kyle, what is something that, you know, what can brokers do to be to prepare themselves for this, to take advantage of that? Sure. And preparing it is the key. So if we take something like this, uh, for example, uh, with um, not to plug something else, but with our freight intelligence platform, we take these same type of metrics. And with Sonar, we pull in this kind of data set, but we tie it to your specific data. So for a broker, you would see things like this, and it is a predicted rate and you don't know, but it's overlaid against your company's individual uh, contractual rates. So now you can look at this by customer, by equipment type, by region, tied against forecasted rates. And no, we don't know if this going to, is going to hold true, but we can potentially identify a scenario or a situation or a time on the calendar when we do have a risk that we need to get ahead of. So if I can see that I'm already pretty close to being underwater, and what I mean by underwater is uh, if contract is no longer above spot, if we see the forecasted spot rate is now above my contractual obligation, I need to get ahead of this. I either need to dedicate some more manpower, some resources to finding some additional capacity so that I'm not sourcing it at a higher rate, or maybe I need to renegotiate with the shipper on that rate, or possibly I need to abandon the lane altogether. I mean, everybody wants to say they don't get back business, but if that were the case, we wouldn't have any spot business. So there is a game that is played within this industry, but in order to play it first, you need to understand uh, the rules and the conditions of the game first, and that's what's going on here. So first, what do I have? That's my contractual business. 
what is my risk? That's what the spot rates currently are and what they potentially could be. And where they all kind of blend together in a weird, uh, sickening Venn diagram is, is what you want to identify and then what you want to deal with. Where are my risks? Where are my profits? And where do the two blend together so that I can address that and tilt them more towards profits? So from your experience, Kyle, and, and you called this out earlier this week on, on your Monday kind of overview of where the freight markets lie, you really hit on the reefer markets. And, and mm -hmm. as of today, reefer tender rejections, so looking at um, the percentage of how many carriers are rejecting their contracted freight sits right at 49%. So okay. let's just make it even and say half of all of, of the contracted reefer market is being rejected and tumbling through a route guide or having route guide failures. Um, how do you account for that? And, and what else do you see that could cause the next, I guess, disruption? We've had weather prove to us that a small disruption like a snowstorm can really just disrupt everything. How do you see this reefer market going into full throttle here soon uh, start to affect some of the, these other van markets as well? It's going to get ugly. Uh, it's going to get ugly really fast, too. So what I was pointing out in that video was that tender rejections, both for drive-in and reefer, should, on average, uh, trend together. Overall capacity in general should dictate what the rejections look like, both for reefer and for drive-in. What we've seen since last fall, call it, is the separation between the two, and they're now at, out at their widest margin ever. Like you said, we're basically at 50%. We have drive-in around 25%. It's a two-to-one separation on that. You know, we have such little capacity and, and really no room for error that anytime we get anything to disrupt the natural flow of the supply chain, whether that's something like the Texas freeze, whether that's another surge in West Coast imports that soak up some of this intermodal capacity, we have network dislocations that exacerbate the elevated spot rates we currently have. And that has a tendency to push the tender rejections even higher. Now we're ripping through the routing guide. So if we want to think about getting ahead of this, uh, ultimately, this falls a lot on the shipper, but sometimes the shippers rely on the brokers to handle this. So we are in the 3PL summit. So let's talk about what the brokers can do. You can approach your shippers with the same kind of thinking that we were talking about earlier. Uh, instead of it being, how do you get ahead of it for your own company? Get ahead of it for your customers. Come to them with the problem before it starts and say, look, I don't know if this is going to happen for sure. But this is the business that you have with us. This is a potential problem. It doesn't do either one of us any good to keep the rate here. Whether I fail on it or the next person fails on it, you're going to rip through that routing guide and it's going to end up in spot. Let's move this rate higher. We can get a rate on file. It doesn't do any of us any good to have that wasted productivity. It, from the shipper standpoint, they don't want all of their workers spending the entire day sourcing spot loads. It's a lot easier if you can just hit number one on that routing guide. So let's move the rates higher. I have no problem servicing this business or this lane for these loads, but I can't do it at this rate. And it isn't because anything on, on my end. Here, I'm showing you this is the market rate for it. Let's both get ahead of this problem now before it ends up worse for both of us later. That's awesome. Great stuff, uh, Kyle. Thank you so much for your time. We're actually going to part ways here. I uh, appreciate uh, all, all that you do. Um, and, uh, and, and if folks want to get, get in touch with you, what's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you just to, to learn more and, and have a deeper discussion? Easiest way, head to the website, k-ratio.com. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you, Kyle. Take care. Pleasure with you. We'll, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, guys. Good luck on what's left of your brackets.
appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of hurts. Uh, that does hurt. We don't need to rub salt in the wound. No, there. no. You know what's interesting? And so because we're at the 3PL Summit, right. something interesting that K ratio, a K ratio, a, a fantastic customer of Sonar, as you heard uh, Kyle talking about hedging, looking at risk, using right. really multiple data sets to be able to come to their customers as professionals and say, hey, here's here's what's happening. Here's how we can get around this. Yeah. That I mean, that's that's what's unique with some of our customers that are forward thinking. There's quite yeah. a bit of them that are using Sonar to implement it into their algorithms and create their own sort of metrics. Yeah. And, and so for those maybe watching or thinking like, all right, well, What's the next step? Everyone's talking, uh, you know, tech. Everyone's, everyone's. All right, let's just try to get around this. Let's throw bodies on it. But that's probably the biggest impact that Sonar has is actually taking some of the raw data and integrating it into a workflow so that, okay, now I can see it coming without having to do much education. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And 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 taking that too, and and moving on that something that Kyle said there is what they're doing is they, they take sonar data, sonar is designed to represent the market, right? It's here's what's going on around you. This is what the market is doing. It's sim that's all it is, it's market data, right? right? It's not intuitive, it's not designed to represent your network per se. That's where Kyle and his team come in. They take the sonar data and say, okay, this is what the market's doing, this is what everybody around you is experiencing, or at least the market at large. Right. Now let's look at your network, but specifically how you work with each one of your clients, and then say, how is the market going to disrupt those networks? And how can we prepare and best apply that? And that's really what Sonar is designed to do. Everybody's network is different. Yeah. Everybody is going to experience the market and the volatility a little bit differently. Some are going to be better prepared. Some are going to be worse prepared. Some are going to be just kind of uh, you know less you know susceptible to it. Right. But that's where Sonar comes in is it tells you what's going on so you can make those decisions for your network. Right. And, you know, humble brag. I mean, people have been doing mm -hmm. this already for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. I mean, creating your own sort of metrics so that internally you can see how the markets are shifting is normal. But what people have been kind of benchmarking off of has been like a $20 billion load board that we're going to just look at their invoices. And, and that's why we're seeing the tides really change to yeah. if you don't have sonar, are you truly forward looking? Like, yeah. <laughs> or are you just doing what everyone's been doing for the past 20 years? And so that's why the, you know, looking at these, these metrics, it's $215 billion worth of annual transactions that are moving right now. Yeah. These are loads that are moving today and over the next three days yeah. with the average lead time being, you know, two to two and a half days. And, and so just so for, for users that are out or people that are out there that may not be Sonar subscribers, I mean, it is such a large sampling of data and it just gives you that ability to validate. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and as a broker too, like we were both brokers, we worked in the brokers world before coming to Freightwaves. You know, you have that, the, the biggest thing that, that, that brokers work off of and how they make money is that volatility, knowing where to adjust things. It's kind of like, like so, Sonar has rates, everybody has rates, right? Every, right? You know, there's nothing special about rates. All they do is tell you, you know, hey, this is what somebody got paid to move a load. But where, where it becomes really valuable is as a broker, if you have your network, all I would really want to know is which direction is the arrow pointing? Is it, did the market tighten up today and I'm going to have to pay more? Did it loosen today and I can pay less or is it flat? Yeah. Now I know, now I know how to adjust from what I did yesterday. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is have, is have to make like 15 phone calls and get laughed off the phone by all the carriers yeah. saying that like, what are you talking about? You want that rate? That's not even realistic. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I've just been taking the load board rate, adding 20%. What do you mean that doesn't work? Yeah. Uh, well, clearly there's a little bit more to it. But yeah. no, but this has been a, a great time.
Great time. It's 3PL flown by, flown by. And folks, we're right at the end here of time, but thank you so much for watching with Sonar today. But stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's a fantastic segment next, a fireside chat with Andrew Cox. Andrew Cox is a stud, by the way. Got a lot of good knowledge. He's about to blow your minds with you. But thank you again, and we'll see you next week, Wednesday, back at normal time. Have a good one.